0: This is com.
1: A warm welcome to Leadership Transformation Platform, Multiplying Authentic Leaders, Moving Society. So it's not just about multiplying leaders, but authentic leaders. That is super important for us. It certainly is the kind of leader we need in our society. And this is your weekly Leadership Masterclass. Welcome, everyone. Uh, it's wonderful to be with you as always. We try and bring you the best and most interesting leaders to share their views on leadership of course, with me, the old man, Louis Grunewald. And if you want to read anything about leadership, go to leadershipplatform.com. One word, two Ps in the middle for all things leadership. Our leadership masterclass today, Louis Grunewald and myself, the old man and myself, will be engaging with Ben Johnson, the CEO of ER24. Very interesting company, maybe very different from others, maybe not. Um, But uh, we asked Ben Johnson, to join us for the next little while and he's going to share views on authentic leadership and as always we asked him to prepare a couple of statements that to him best describe authentic leadership so, so that we can share it with the world in fact. Ben it's an absolute pleasure to have you all the way from Cape Town or Stellenbosch area.
0: Hey, thanks Adrian. um thanks Louis, I'm um, great to be on board and, and uh, thanks for the opportunity to to talk and engage today.
1: I think we can we can we can come up with a couple of uh, metaphors having you as a CEO of this kind of company and then leadership um I think we certainly have to save lives at the moment in our country if we don't change yes. leadership. <laughs> um, true. Not you know true. we've I got agree. to save the country take it out of cardiac arrest or I don't know where the the <laughs> country is at the moment uh, in terms of being in a recession and uh, political turmoil etc cetera, etc. Cetera. If we had to look at it as a patient, <laughs> but let's uh, not go def- there. Definitely a life support, but yeah, uh, yeah. Our life support. Yeah. Or Ben, it's it's just wonderful having you with us. Now we asked you to prepare a couple of statements. Yes, uh, that to you best describe authentic leadership. Before we look at you, your business in the second part of the the, the class, we're going to go through these statements very simply. And okay. the first one that you sent us, that to you best describe authentic leadership is simplify this concept of leadership we like simple and yes. um and sometimes in this world we can make things too complex so take us uh, through this principle so it, it's it's really around i mean there's a lot of uh, you
0: know books being written about leadership you know do people think that you know, leaders have to be politicians you know do you need to be a ceo to be a leader um it's it's i think it's too complex um and 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 isn't leadership really just around being a good human being? I mean, someone that you know has empathy, some you know integrity, compassion. Um, you know, is is it like leading within your community? Is it is it around leading within your home environment? I, I mean, I don't think you know in, in the in the world today um, we actually need everybody um, playing some sort of some sort of leadership role um, with, with 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 within our environment currently. And I, and I just think a, a lot of people are leading. Every day, but they just possibly don't really realize that mm. and don't appreciate or understand the significance of the impact they're actually having in a, in a really positive way.
1: That's a, I think um, the old man and myself will like what you're saying there. Not that it matters, uh, it's your, your master lesson, but we, we have things or statements we coin like leadership is your first profession. So if you're the CEO of ER. 24, well, your first profession is being a leader. If you're a, a nurse somewhere, or if you're a paramedic, your first profession is leadership and then paramedic or then teacher, then lawyer. And we also um, believe that leadership is the best part inside you. So we all have a best part inside of us. So how do we awaken that in Adrian and in Ben and in, in the guy on the street? And when someone does bring the best part of themselves to the, to the uh, surface, then, then the leader comes out. You can't bring the best part of you out without bringing leadership out. So, for me to be an authentic leader, I, I guess it will also have to be simple in my mind of what leadership is and, and, and what leadership means in everyone else's lives. All right. I think
0: also it's, it's for people not to be scared about it. I mean, you know, it, it, that's to say, it's, it's, it's not this difficult, complex thing. I mean, I mean, anybody can really take up, stand up, be a leader, and, and really make good, some good change in the world. And I think that's really what it's at.
1: Thank you for that one the next one you share with us that best described authentic leadership to you is just do it
0: yeah I, li- I like the saying um, I think if you take the world where it is today just from a from a business context you know we're in the age of disruption uh, we have to stay ahead I mean you know resources are, are are less and less we've got to do more with less I think it's important that within our business environment that we have this can-do-just-do-it attitude. I mean, we, we, we should be able to look at... You know, if someone comes to me at work and says, I've got this idea. We don't knock it down. I don't knock it down. I say yes, well, that's a fantastic idea. Let's look at it. Let's, let's go and turn it around, turn it inside out. We'll go and look at 10, 15 different ways of how we can implement this. Yep, possibly down at the end of the day, we can't implement it right now. It's not ready. You know, maybe the market's not ready. Um, the, you know, the times is not ready. But, but at least we've, we've created that environment where our team feels comfortable to really think out the box and bring some really, really good ideas to the
1: table. And, and, and walk the road of just doing it, now do something.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: All right, Louis, anything on that? Just do it. That's a famous
2: statement in, in the context yeah, of leadership.
0: Yeah.
2: When you mentioned about your attitude towards good uh, at ideas, um, it's, it strikes me all these years that uh, you know, leaders who are receptive in the way that you mentioned, look at ideas. Um, is our leaders also that that uh, associate closely with breakthrough concepts? And because yeah. you know, obviously, it just takes one idea, and then you have a breakthrough. Um, but if you're not open to that one idea, uh, then you will not get it. So I appreciate that uh, that mindset.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's also, I mean, and it's not always the leader that comes up with that. I mean, it could it could be anyone, and, that, and that's why it's just important to. That, you know, with that, go back to our business environment, that anybody within our company feels that they can bring these things to the table, bring these ideas and explore them, and they, and they just won't get shot down up front.
1: Do, do you think that's the only thing that that destroys that sort of culture where f- people feel they can come up with great ideas and it will be entertained at least or pulled, you in know, inside out and, and, and it will receive a fair hearing? Is, what, what breaks down that culture? Is it simply when you shoot it down, but uh, also approachable leaders versus those that are not?
0: But it, it is. It's around having you know that cliche, that, that open door policy. It's, a, it's around um, being open to, to people, um, employees, staff, feeling comfortable to engage. It's, 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 it's just creating that, that culture where people feel comfortable to come in and open up and, and just discuss and, and just throw some ideas around without and it talks to the next one which i'm sure you'll go on to is around around the, the failure and and mm. a culture where failure um often doesn't exist you know where, where where it's acceptable to fail
1: so that 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 is your your third principle that you share with us that to you describe authentic leadership and that is and it, it latches on to what we just discussed create a culture where failure can exist take us through that one yeah so i mean if
0: you look back in history um I mean, a lot of the inventions a lot of the the things we have today are only around because somebody tried, 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 and eventually made a breakthrough okay if 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 in your your business environment people feel that if they fail they're going to be in trouble in uh, disciplined fired or or just just cast aside i mean how do you ever get uh, a, a level of comfort that people can can bring ideas uh, and, and, and just have this, these sort of open, open forms of, of, of discussion. Um, human, by, by human nature, we're all going to make mistakes. Okay? Nobody can ever say they never have made mistakes or are never going to make mistakes. But what, when a mistake is made, how do you deal with it? Uh, and for me, it's less around the making the mistake. It's more around how do we fix it and how do we stop it from reoccurring again? And I, and I think that it's, it's an important culture to have uh, in a, in a, in a business environment. Just for, and just from a leadership perspective.
1: We, we don't seem to learn from history, though. As you speak, I, I, right, I think no. to myself, how do I feel about the current culture and businesses versus what you just said? Now, the biggest breakthroughs have come from thousands of tries and attempts and failures. Yet, are we becoming more and more patient, or? Impatient with with people's failures or mistakes, I guess there's a different context. So someone could just be making mistakes, or someone could be making mistakes while trying some some breakthrough ideas. Yes. And and those are two different um, mistake are two arenas. Different, yes, yes, But but, but um, still, I wonder I wonder if our business culture uh, grasps what we're saying here.
0: No, but, no, for sure. I mean, you know, if I if. I suppose, like you say, I mean, there's, there's different types of mistakes. There's you know, willful mistakes, it's negligent mistakes, accidental mistakes. But I, I just think, I just think, it, it's if we're ever going to progress, and, and we're ever going to push boundaries, and we're ever going to change or evolve, I mean, failure is part and parcel of that, and uh, and um, we should just learn to accept that, and just and just to create that 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 environment where where it can happen, because it invariably is going to happen.
1: Because I mean, if you look look at your environment, ER24 emergency response, and we'll look at the business a little bit more. There's much more to it than just what we initially may think. But um, you, you can't afford mistakes in many respects. No, you mistakes can't. Are, mistakes you can't. are critical.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, especially when you're dealing from the, the patient care aspects, you can't afford to make, make mistakes. Um, but, I mean, in medicine, mistakes still do happen. So it's around ensuring you've got the, the – I mean, we've got um, you know, typically in our environment adverse event reporting, DMIS reporting. People need to feel comfortable to lo- to log those type of, of incidents so that they can be discussed and reviewed um, and, 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 you know, corrective action put in or, or, you know, procedures need to change or processes need to change. But, yeah, we do, we do um, you know, in the patient-facing world, there's this very, very, very – well, there's actually no margin for a mistake, really. Um, but like I said, I mean – we are human, we are uh, human business, we deal with people, and, and they do unfortunately happen from time to time.
1: Yeah. All right, the next principle you share that we can discuss is authentic leaders spend time in nature. Hoorah, I'm with you on this one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's have a nice conversation the next 40 minutes on this one. But uh, what, what's your experience here, Ben?
0: You see, for me, if you go and spend time in nature, you sort of... You actually realize how insignificant we are in the greater scheme of things. I mean, we will only be on this planet for X amount of time. I mean, that's, that, however long that is, that, you know, it's up to, it's not up to us at the end of the day. You go and look at mountains, you go and look at the beach, you go and look at the sea. That has been there for thousands of years and will be there for thousands more years. Okay. If you look at it that way, you start to like, you know, this, 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 this thing humans have, this ego, it, 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 it can't be about me. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and that, I think that's the biggest problem um, where we often fail and, and where people fail and countries fail. It's, it's, it's this ego that gets in the way. You've got to look at, na- you know, when you're in nature, that we are one, one part of, a, of an entire system. Um, mm-hmm. And what we do in that system and how we act in that system has impact, be it positive or negative. Um, but I think just, just spending time. In those environments just brings uh, just brings it brings it down that we we're part of something it's not about me 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 and and um, we can actually have a meaningful impact on the world um, if we choose to
1: yeah i I live next to Kruger in essence although I'm up here a lot, so I know the impact that can have on one 's life and just spend a few days with my family in golden Gate free state uh, i I actually sent a tweet this morning. I, I saw it. I'm yeah. actually
0: going there on Friday. I didn't want to say.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, have you been there before, though? <laughs> uh, have you been there before on Golden Gate? Was oh,
0: there no, there? Yeah, we, I've Been through, not actually not actually um, uh, in it. Um, oh, we're excellent. actually heading
1: up to Clarence for the
0: weekend, so we'll mostly pop, pop in
1: there. Yeah, please go past there. I mean, I, I put here, and it's kind of corny, but it's, it's so true. Golden Gate Mountains in the Free State, solid, sure, yes. calm, inspiring, majestic, exactly. authentic, Sounds like good leadership to me.
0: No, exactly. Spot on. Spot on. And I think, um, I mean, the other parts I, I, I had mentioned, I mean, if you, if you look at how nature interacts, you know, talk about there's something as simple as the ants. I mean, if you look at ants and you just take some time to just go look at what ants do, they work in like really towards a common goal. They all know their job. They know what they need to do and they get on with it. Um, Oh. And uh, you know, the, other, the other part I mentioned around the interdependence and, and how we have, we have a bad, uh, we'll have an impact irrespective, be it positive or negative, is around like bees and, and how, how they pollinate, how important they are for plants to replicate. I mean, you take that type of concept that you just see, if you take time in nature just to look, bring that back into your business environment, you can only become a better leader when you start to see how, Interdependent different departments are within your organisation. How interdependent people are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that, that's why I, I'm an avid. I just spend as much time there as possible.
1: Well, enjoy, Clarence. We, we we loved it there. We always we go fairly regularly. Louis, comments on on maybe the last two points, but particularly nature and uh, universality of things, I guess, and the essence of things.
2: <clears throat> that that calmness of spirit, a good leader needs. Ben, um, yes. is closely tied in with one uh, intuitive. Uh, uh, appreciation of nature and the stars. Now, even in our case, my case, I'm, all this has a strong spiritual and, uh, and religious significance, uh, the purpose of the creation. But I think that calmness of spirit is extremely difficult for a leader to cultivate that if they yeah. don't um, hook onto a bigger context, a bigger picture, and, and you have to appreciate nature in order to do that.
1: So yeah it's so, completely it's a
2: good point you make there
1: Ben the easiest one of all of of these uh, authentic leadership principles is be humble that you that you sent us here. Yeah. yeah is is that the easiest one um I guess not hey? it,
0: no look it, 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 for me i feel it's it's it become it's it more, it's like natural for me to be like this, I think the the point is 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 and i mean I talk to our staff and you know, we we talk around the you know, we do branch road shows and things' it's like i I am no different to anybody within our organization. I might have a different role to play, but it doesn 't mean i 'm better than anybody else okay we 're all people we all have our own issues we 've all got our own dreams and aspirations and goals you know the fact that i 'm the CEO makes me no different and and, and I think you 've got to stay grounded in that that uh, you yeah, can just get to your head and, and and then this ego thing starts creeping in and, and, and that you 've got to, you just can 't afford to have that in 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 the modern modern world and and how we need to be inspiring change and and getting people on board and you know like that that, that that's for me very very important
1: okay, but let's just take another minute on this because it's such a uh, we, we do address this from time to time we talk about uh, deconstructing your ego we talk about um yeah this whole humility thing, and one or two principles then perhaps louis and and ben and myself. How does one become humble? There are leaders who think they are super humble. But man, if you had to ask those around them, they would not experience that. How? What's the essence? Sometimes life humbles you. Sometimes uh, near-death yes. experiences. Or shame. I was sitting with a leader this week whose three-year-old son drowned. That is yes. exceptionally sad. Those things can break us or, or, or humble us. Yes. Um, and and if we can allow the latter, then we'll be better human beings and, and leaders. But in essence, how do I voluntarily become humble as opposed to being forced to be humble? Comments on that.
0: Uh, I suppose a lot of self-reflection could help in terms of where we are, what we've done, the relationships we have um, with people, with family, with colleagues. I mean, it, it has to come down to actually, look, you've got to want to uh um, Change or be a better person, and and and, and that, that does come through some self-reflection. Um, and I think if you if you do, you can look at it through that. And and I think you can uh, change the way you are, and and without being forced to become humble through personal tragedy or things like that. I I, I really do believe you can. You can learn mm. from that reflection.
1: It's, it's an interesting one because uh, firstly, as you say, you you, you must want to, um, and. And, and then how do you how do you get there <laughs> uh, feedback c- can can play a very big role in that one louis any
2: comments I think being if people say they're humble it's probably an indication they're not because it's a journey yes. all the time. Um, one attribute that I think adds to uh, the concept of humility is to be teachable to be receptive. Yes. And you know, when you sit with great leaders, and we do all the time, some get the impression, they're confident in what they do, uh, but there's a, there's, there's a blank in their eyes. They're not learning anymore, you know, Ben. Now, yeah. 10 years ago, that was considered a, a confident leader. Now, uh, that could be a loose cannon, a person that is not growing and not changing, and not listening as such. So humility ties in with the other attributes you've mentioned so far, to be teachable, receptive to ideas, and to have a... a, a take pleasure from other people's uh, growth and realizing their potential. So uh, teachability and uh, humility are very closely related, I think.
1: Yes. Okay. Let me throw in two barriers that I'm thinking of that that, um, make it difficult to be humble. In fact, Uh, one is uh, title, position. It's it's an interesting thing. Uh, When you have it and possess it, sometimes that's all people want is to get to that certain position, be it – a mayor of a town, be it a CEO yeah. of a business, but when you have it, you realize it, it's a barrier. Firstly, to me personally, if I haven't um, if I haven't uh, become comfortable within my own skin, uh, you know, then, then then I have a problem. And the second one is the insecurity of others. So so you can be a president or a CEO um, and be the humblest person, but if the person across the table from you is exceptionally insecure, the smallest thing. You may do the smallest uh, act from your side. Maybe you slip up one morning and don't greet them as you walk past them. Then they see you as arrogant simply because you, you own the title. So I don't know if that makes sense. But um, as leaders, we must be aware of the fact that our title and other people's insecurities can um, can in their minds create a, a perception that you are arrogant. And we've got to deal with those as leaders.
0: Yeah. And I think the thing that comes in, which I haven't touched uh, directly in, in any of these sort of concepts we're talking around, is this emotional intelligence. Uh, and and, and I, I really, really think that uh, that has a massive role to play is just how, how you yeah. uh, intuitively can peg into people's emotions, body language. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's critical uh, in this day and age of, of modern leadership.
1: So true. The next principle that Ben Johnson, CEO of ER24, shares with us that to him describes an authentic leader is company values need to live, not just exist on paper. And let me add, on the wall of the business. So we often yes. have those values on the walls, but they don't live. Tell us more, yeah? It's just, if you, if you are leading...
0: People and 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 you know people are looking up to you for you know, like like as a CEO looking at you to 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 direct the company and, and and get the company moving in the right direction. You, you've got these values and it, intrinsically those are vitally important um, uh, for for the company. I mean we you know some of ours, you talk around professional professionalism, integrity, uh, compassion, balance. I mean those are some of our company values. If if you don't actually live that as as you know, my position as CEO. I mean, how do you how do you expect other staff, other employees, to buy into your value and your culture of the business? And and how do you get how do you get them to to buy into the direction and and where you're trying to go? So it's really around you know, it's 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 a uh, walk that walk the talk. I mean, if if it's there, you you have to be the one that sh- shows it and and has it on display daily. It's difficult. I mean, we we all again we're all humans. Um, we can all have bad days, but but it, it's just critical that, that you are setting the example at the end of the day.
1: I know uh, the old man likes this topic. If I may add, uh, one of the ways that I think it lives in an organization is in language. So if it's on your walls and you have conversations with people and one of your values are fairness, then if I have a tough conversation with one of my employees, I, the words would, would surface in the conversation. Yes. So you yes. can't have values on a wall, but you never hear them in meetings. You never hear… A leader say, in the spirit of fairness, uh, yes. l- let, me, let me let me talk to the two of you who have been having a, an argument, you know. Um, yes. Or uh, in the spirit of honesty, that is a, a value that I and the business India, uh, can we please approach the situation in the following way or whatever. You know, you, if it's not part of your language, I remember interviewing uh, Kirsten, Gary Kirsten, after he took India to the top and South Africa to the top as a coach. Uh, the, the values he instilled in the Proteas, in the national team, uh, both of them in that sense, uh, he explained clearly that they only live when we often talk in our language. Yes. The, yes. the words. <laughs> Otherwise, they're just on the wall, Louis? Just
0: exactly.
2: Ben, um, the key is when you, you put it uh, in a simplified manner, uh, values need to live. Um, it strikes me, though, in practice, if they don't live, they can be very, very counterproductive. When, uh, years ago, I visited an orthopedic hospital with somebody, and uh, the people at poster games were big, glossy uh, posters of the values, you know, the, 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 the uh, patient's important and the rights of the people, etc. Yes. But you go into the, in this case, and then more than half of the of the emergency button you press was stolen, uh, the place. Now, I'm convinced... That in this case, this was demotivational you know i 'm getting it yes. those values were set by some group of consultants, hopefully not like us anyway and they and they were great <laughs> values, but the, I, I could see there 's an immense gap between the belief levels of the staff and those values so uh, don 't have values if you 're not prepared to but, to, but exactly, to, exactly. To make them that's alive, the yes.
1: yeah that 's a, a, a gosh that that happens a lot in um, businesses i 'm afraid. We we certainly see it in our country. I, I guess our value system is the constitution, and I'm not so sure that that is being respected in in behaviour and, and in actions by leaders. So, uh, the minute those values are there, it, it it places a huge burden, positive one, on the shoulders of leaders to to act accordingly. So it's not always that easy. Ben Johnson, CEO of ER24. The next principle that describe authentic leaders to you is balance. Oh, wow, this balance, this thing of yeah. balance in today's crazy world. Yeah. Tell us how you Funny find enough, balance. It, it is one of our values as well, balance. Well, um, you live in Stellenbosch. I, I guess a lot of balance there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a, yeah I do. Uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's very important to, to take that time out. I mean, when we, we go around again visiting our branches, and it's always uh, we chat to the staff and say, look, end of the day, you're at work for a third of your life. And you're sleeping for a third of your life and you're potentially living your life for, for that third. So there's a there's a, a large amount of of time that you spend at work. Number one, you need to enjoy it and obviously enjoy work, but you you need to make sure that you have that balance in terms of home life, family life, living your life. You know, It, it can't be work, 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 work all the time. Uh, I I don't think that's that's good for anyone. I mean, yes, we're all under pressure. There's deadlines. There's, there's always something to do, but You've just got to take that time out. I think it also talks to what we spoke around nature. Just take time out and and, and spend time in your own life, because at the end of the day, life is too short. It can be taken any time. And and you know, what do you have to say if you spend you know all your time at work? It's, it's a, mm. So it's an important one for me. Um, I think it just because it creates that ability for you to become you know be humble and, and not to have this ego. And you know, it it, it, it just allows, allows this sort of these this. You know To be able to be a leader at the end of the day
1: yeah, you shouldn't always be captured by the the work environment, but let's be frank it's um, it's difficult very to, difficult to, to say I remember years ago a friend of mine tried to to invent and he did a brilliant planning system like the cover Franklin Covey planning system that we used to have you know with a leather folder and all that and, and 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 I remember him explaining that again you, you take an eight hour work day in a, in a perfect world, eight hours sleep. And then he says, you've got a whole working day left in your day. What do you do with those eight hours? And, and when he, when he, when he, he called those golden hours. Yes. Because what you do there determines how effective you are in, in your work and in every other part of your life. Unfortunately, part of that is spent traveling, part of that is spent eating, of course, um, and part of that, that is spent working by most people uh, who really works only eight hours in, in many respects. But balance, exceptionally important. There's a big debate around work-life balance, isn't there? I mean, there, people say there is no such thing, and others say we must create it. One thing I know is the world's not going to offer it to you on a platter. You'll have to make decisions. I've tried, and I'm struggling, uh, you know, by <laughs> making a lifestyle change. Um, and it's it's been good, but uh, it's, it's a real-life experiment. Any other comments on, on
2: balance, um, old man? Uh, have you found it? I think the uh, clue to balance... Um, ben is also to do with we tend to think of balance that I will now tonight relax or go on holiday. It, this is a little bit of an old fashioned concept. Uh, the secret is to find balance in everything you do uh, there's a, per, a person who has a kind of inner peace about them, order, a good sense of humor, um, and considers be s- sober about things but not somber example, uh, can have a great deal of balance in his working life. So the old idea that work hard, play hard, doesn't necessarily generate the kind of balance we're speaking about. Um, we need to find balance in a work environment, over and above the fact that we need to consider a balanced lifestyle, obviously. But I think uh, one of the things about quality leaders is the way they, uh, they give you the full attention and the way they are quick to have a sense of humor, you know, Ben, the way they quick respond to priorities and simplicity as well. One of the reasons is that they have a pretty balanced work mindset as well. Do you agree with that?
0: Yes, no, I agree. I think you've summed that up very, very well.
1: Yeah, it's um, interesting. So it's a, it's, a, it's a philosophical life mindset because I think if you have that kind of attitude, you will take your breaks. You will go to the, the the nature and all those sort of things, Yes. But, but we also see, Ben, people these days go away. They, they feel it's a necessity to take technology with because when they get back, the email inbox is so crazy that they, within hours they've forgotten the whole break. So, so the ability – we have to often take technology with us, uh, but the ability to have that balanced mindset all the way through, uh, there, there's something w- wise in that. We might call it something different. It might not necessarily yeah. be balanced, but it might be – to be present, to to centre yourself, um, to be mindful, to be aware, uh, you know all those those latest fashionable words that that fly around. All right, I like this one very simple. Uh, ben shares with us the next principle of authentic leaders: get back to the floor. So I, and yeah, we can I all it. guess what that means, but um, but <laughs> let's, let's let's not believe that common sense is always common practice.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I I'm pretty, you know, primarily, primarily came out of an operational environment. Um, that's where I've spent most of most of my career at you er know, 24. Um, and uh, one of one of the things that that I feel vitally important uh, from a, from a leadership perspective is get back down to where your teams are. Get get as I said, get back to the floor. Go and spend some time with uh, your 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 teams, your employees. That are potentially delivering services. Go, go, go and engage with them. Go and, yeah, that's where you get a good sense of the health of your company. It's not a, not in a, you don't get that in a boardroom. You get that by going and spending time with, 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 with people on the, on the ground. But, and it's difficult, it's very, very difficult. But I mean, one of the things we started um, when I became chief operating officer back in 2012 is we do our branch roadshows. We've got about 50, 50 odd branches around the country. And uh, over a two year period, we ensure that we visit each and every branch um, in that time period um, just to bridge that head office branch type culture for for our our guys to see well we're actually normal people you know it comes back to this being humble we we've got like i said different roles but but it gives us an opportunity to engage with them them an opportunity to engage with us and for us to you know present and discuss where the company's going, mm. uh, what we're doing, different things, and also get their feedback. I mean, there's, there's no one better uh, that, you know, to give you input and feedback on, on, let's say, the ambulance that we deploy in the road and how it drives and, and, and how, it's, uh, you know, uh, um, how it's constructed than, than the, the, the ambulance crew is actually, actually using it every day. And mm. I think it's, it's vitally important. Um, I do believe that's one of, you know, one of the big reasons for our success. Um, you know, it shows that we're accessible as leaders. It shows that you know that we are willing to to get out of the office per se and, and come and spend time. And uh, and, and so far we have you know we they, they've gone well. We haven't we haven't been told to stop them. It, it's actually it's it's high on the calendar. It becomes part of our regular calendar. and It's something we will continue to do forever.
2: Hmm. Odin? I just mentioned Ben. I think it's a the way I explain it is really exciting because we found there's a great need out there. Uh, it's also a lovely way to audit your own people work for you, uh, Ben. If they avoid the actual working environment, if they avoid the customer, if they avoid the floor, then that's a, a dangerous signal. They, they're losing their confidence as well. Adrian applies it in an interesting way, Ben. You know, we do this consulting executive coaching. Yes. He's incorporated in these uh, contracts that he actually visits the work environment, the oh, meetings are hold, but he says you can't really understand the pe- until you're uh, with them on the floor as it is. And, and I've done it too. And what a difference that makes. It just bears out your point
0: as well. Yes. No, it it's, it's it's makes a massive difference. And, and I think you know, the staff really, really appreciate you know, just coming. I mean, we, we end up all over the country. I mean, Kuruman, Uppington, uh, Newcastle, we're all over, and I, and I think you know, f- from a from a staff perspective, seeing that the le- uh, senior management team are willing to come out and spend time with him, we have a bri, you know, we, we have a formal meeting where we discuss. It's it just it really really is important, it's and uh, it, it's it's oh, done us well.
2: Uh, been, we had a, a high-level strategy meeting once, and Hardin. Uh, came up with some wisdom, which I appreciate. Um, it was about uh, the question of kind of trusting your management levels. And then I made the statement that nobody has got the right to come between the CEO and every member of the staff <clears throat> in the sense that to, to stop the CEO from feeling the pulse of the organization is an unacceptable contravention. And I, I like that point.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, we've even gone as far as now uh, we're busy testing uh, uh, it's, it's called, uh, Yammer. I think it's a, I think it's a Microsoft product, which is a, a sort of like a, a, a corporate Facebook, call it that. And I mean, our intention is to get all 1200 staff on this platform where they feel comfortable to post, uh, you know, comments, pictures, and for us to all engage, ask questions, because I, I think it's, it's, it's critical. It's critical that you have a good sense of what's going on within the organization. And, and for, again, going back to, you'll know start feeling comfortable um, to engage and to suggest and to come up with ideas. So we're trying to look at different ways to to foster that type of um, uh, collaboration in the company.
1: I've often thought about this. If you sell motor vehicles and you're a massive conglomerate, um, what is your business about? It's about selling motor vehicles. If you um, help patients in in critical situations, then that's your business. If you uh, mine, then what's your business about? It's about taking gold or platinum from underground, uh, kilometers underground uh, to to the top. And and, and the higher up you go on that ladder, that corporate ladder, actually uh, the less important you become, ironically, because you move further and further away from the heart of the business unless you find a way to get back to the floor. So it's the most ironic thing in this world that we have. uh, It's almost to me as if every – Management line in between the executive team and the people right at the bottom doing what the business is actually about are could be irrelevant in a way they 're all there to actually make the bottom work and to to connect the bottom and the top together i don 't know if i 'm making yes. sense, but it, it is
0: it actually talks to my next point that i 'm sure we 'll get to
1: yeah so 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 i I find it fascinating how we, we, we forget that what the essence of the business is about. And if I, as the leader, do not come closer on a regular basis to the essence of the business, what the heck am I doing there? Yeah. So the, the, the final point that you share with us that to you describe an authentic leader is to become the enabler, not the director. Tell us about that. Yeah.
0: So it talks to what you are were, you were on now. I mean, I see my role is enabling my immediate line management team to be able to perform their function, who in turn should be enabling lower management and, and obviously it gets down to to the teams on the ground I mean, at the end of the day um, they're delivering the the services um, and and we need to be, it's we need to be enabling that i mean, I, I mean we talk around this you know around the, the enabler versus director I mean people know what they need to do people know what their jobs are you don 't need to micromanage you don't need to tell people uh, uh, what to do you need to make sure that you're the goals of the company, where you're wanting to go, are, are clear and have been clearly articulated so that your team understands them. And your job is is then really just to to make sure that they have the tools, the time, the the um, you know the support, the coaching, the mentoring to actually get the job done. I mean, for me, a leader is not you, you shouldn't be directing the activity. You, you really are supporting and enabling this to happen.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, that changes the whole. Uh um, I don't know perception, shall we say, of 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 what leadership is, because we have got these titles in society. You're now a director, okay. Now I have to direct. Mm. You're now a supervisor. Now I have to supervise. Yeah. Um, You're now a manager. Now I have to manage. Where manage. the heck did we come up with these stupid titles that actually actually divorces us and takes us further away from the essence of of what we're <laughs> exactly. supposed to do? Ironically, yeah. I don't know yeah. if you agree, old man. No, maybe? I
2: agree. Yeah. I do not think yeah. that the concept in, enable is significantly different to direct direct could be simpler because you tell a person what to do and it's the old idea but there is a, a minimum of growth and real enjoyment in that enabler though uh, su- um, um, embraces the idea that you communicate that you listen that you apply discipline when necessary otherwise it's a whole it's a whole uh, a world of difference between the two concepts really the one is a confident authentic leader who cares People. The other one is a boss who wants to direct everything, and therefore probably doesn't have much trust between him and his staff. So the, the word enabler is a very good one. What about what about also empowerer? What
1: about um, yes, yes, yes. what's the other one? that just popped into my head. Come on, come back. Empowerer, uh, liberator. Yes. Uh, you know, are we liberating our people? Are we empowering them? Are we enabling them? You see,
2: enabler. Probably uh, embraces that. I agree. Hmm.
1: All right. So Ben Johnson, CEO of ER Twenty Four, been with this business a long time, and he shared with us nine principles that, to him, best describe authentic leadership. Simplify this concept of leadership is number one. Number two, just do it. Three, create a culture where failure can exist. Four, spend time in nature. Love that one. Five, be humble. Six. Company values need to live, not just exist on paper. Seven, balance. Eight, get back to the floor. Let me say that again. Get back to the floor. Get back to the essence of the business. Nine, become the enabler, not the director. And I, in a cocky way, put in my own words there also, empowerer. <laughs> become the empowerer or the, the. Um, what did I say the other one? Liberator and so on and so forth. We're going to move off authentic leadership a little bit, going to Ben's world, which is fascinating, I think. Uh, my wife studied to be a paramedic a little bit, and also in Australia when she was there for a while. Oh, okay. uh, never really got to do it, but her heart still lies there, and maybe that's why I, I jumped at the opportunity to interview you. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> now now that, that has come and gone. But when people hear ER24, they think one thing only, I guess, emergency services, but your business seems to have – I don't know, expanded significantly. Your services now entail what? It's it's a, it's, a, it's a broad range, actually.
0: Yeah, it's a broad range. I mean, we've transitioned, I think. I mean, I've been with the company since 2004. Um, I mean, we, we started in 1999. So, I mean, I've been with the company now for a long time. And, and back in those early days, we were literally, um, what you'd call just a traditional ambulance service. Uh, over time, we've we've completely morphed into um, becoming more of a, um, an assistance company, um, obviously still still playing in the healthcare space, uh, but the, the ambulance function is, is now just one part of our business. It still is the core of our business. It's still the reason why we exist um, is, is, is around patient care, but there's, there's a, a whole number of different uh, lines of business we are now we are now in. Uh, just as as the business has, has just evolved and changed over the time to, to actually meet meet demand and and market needs
1: so what are some some less known services that you rent? I mean to families, to schools there, there, there's quite a lot if people simply look at your website
0: yeah I mean there's the, I mean you can take it from the specialized medical services where we provide uh, medical support um, and sort of risk management disaster uh, planning to to events, rugby. Can go from schoolboy rugby, it can be hockey to, I mean, we do the we provide medical support for the uh, you know Western Province and the Stormers stadium uh, at Loftus uh, for the Sharks at Kings Park. So I mean, that's one one line of our business. Um, you talk around training, um, uh, CPR training, first aid training. Um, you know, we do we do we do various different um, training courses. I think um, some of the less known is potentially around the air ambulance uh, a business we, we we have where. We run a, um, a helicopter uh, emergency medical helicopter platform in Johannesburg, but uh, also actually operate with our, with, uh, our, our aviation partners for uh, air ambulance um, planes, fixed-wing planes. We've got uh, one turboprop and three jet aircraft, which do a lot of the repatriation of patients, um, out, or from Af- well, in Africa back to South Africa. Um, we've got. The corporate sales leg, where there's various products, um, um, uh, corporates can buy, schools can buy, individuals can buy. There's the uh, global assist side of our business, which is around. Um, if we talk around, um, say for example, mines, uh, where we put uh, anything from a primary healthcare clinic, occupational healthcare clinic, uh, ambulances, medics is is one one line. Uh, the other is around uh, international assistance. So for example, if you are on a um, a travel insurance product that's contracted with us and you um, go out into, uh, let's say, Kenya on holiday and you get injured, um, we have the ability to, you know, through various partnerships and through, through the through the business, is, is get you to see, you know, get you access to a doctor in Kenya, get you into a hospital, um, guarantee your, your the payment for your care, and then obviously with the insurer, try and facilitate how, how do we get you back. Is it through a commercial repatriation or, or air ambulance? Um, we do that, uh, and the the latest uh, sort of line of business we naturally being uh, naturally moving into um, but with with partners is is around road and home side assistance um, mm. so we actually yeah, I, sure. think, I think the public mainly see that they see our ambulances on the road, and I think you know the assumption is that e r twenty four is just an ambulance service um, yes that 's core business that 's why we exist that 's the heart of our business um, but we we offer f- uh, we are a fully fledged um, international assistance company and we can offer you know um various various Incredible. solutions and services to to the market
1: so so when did you start expanding like this from the original core of the business is it over you may have said it earlier but is it over the last few years only because that's obviously necessitates the business's got to be profitable a little bit more scale more offerings um
0: uh, how, how did it's, you- it's sort of been it, it's been over time. it, it, it hasn't like there's been a sudden uh, a, a, a sudden expansion it's sort of you know, the, the road ambulance business was there and, and, and then, you know, as you, you know, say, contracting with medical schemes and contracting with corporates, you, you know, they have needs and require services, so you then start to expand, uh, let's say into the air ambulance, but then, you know, if you expand to the air ambulance, then the insurers need access to that, then you start moving into the global assist, uh, and then, you know, you've got, you know, you've got infrastructure, you've got paramedics, you've got uh, uh, vehicles, um, the mines need that type of service uh, on site, so you just move into that, so it's just uh, over the years, just mm-hmm. been the steady progression um, of of expansion into various different uh, various Personally. different uh, business lines.
1: All right, so, so it's much more the size of the business you briefly mentioned about 1,200 people earlier. Is that pretty much the size of the business, people-wise?
0: Yeah, that's about yeah, just uh, just under two, 1,200 people. Um, of bulk of those are in our operational uh, operational business. Uh, the other, so the other one I didn't mention was obviously the contact centre. I mean, the contact centre is one of our one of our, our big is the 084124. Um, we've got a um, big call centre, contact centre in Pauls but we also operate the um, Cell C 112 emergency service and the Vodacom 112 emergency service. So we actually operate three big contact centres in Johannesburg. Okay. Um, and if you take those contact centres, you look at the road ambulance uh, network. And the site base—that's the bulk of where our employees sit. I think around 900, 900 employees, almost close to a thousand, sit in that leg. And then the bulk of the support staff, which are obviously critical um, to support the business—you know, HR, IT, uh, finance, and, and, and things like that.
1: Yeah, and your competition—is it—is it in some ways government in some areas of your business, uh, or, or um, I'm I'm not quite clear who the competition may be.
0: Uh, a, com- a competitor is is, is is fellow assistance companies yeah, um, i so mean the, like Europe assistance for example is a, is, a, is, a, is a an assistance company that plays in our market netk nine one is an assistance company that plays in our market. We actually find with government we have a lot more of a, a collaborative relationship than a competitive relationship mm. um, where we actually would prefer to leverage uh, each other 's expertise and, and and resources end of the day to to benefit the you know the patient at the end of the day
1: so i mean the the, the traditional part of your business uh, the perception is it attracts very interesting individuals i've heard uh, them referred to as adrenaline junkies to to want to do those i don't know that crazy but so important job that i'm so glad others want to do that i would never be able to is this still a true perception adrenaline junkies and uh, you i know. think it,
0: it's it, it's not necessarily an adrenaline junkie because i think that conjures up a a sort of a, a you know connotation of being of being reckless, but it definitely it definitely attracts specifically in, in our operational environment a specific type of personality. Um, but it's actually a, 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 the person that moves into this field is someone that is compassionate, that actually that that wants to help, that wants to make a difference, um, wants to save lives. Uh, is empathetic and, and actually yeah like I said really just wants to make a difference and, and they love it um, so it's actually more more that type of person yes you've got to deal with 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 stress and and blood and 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 trauma and and there's a lot that goes on but the inherent um, traits of those people are definitely ones of, of of compassion and and empathy and actually just wanting to make a difference
1: I'm kind of wondering what kind of leader they in some industries you know you not wouldn't dare Put a leader at the top of that business that 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 hasn't come through the ranks, you know, one that 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 was a paramedic, for lack of a better example. Um, but but what does it take to lead these sort of individuals? Is it you know they they I don't know their jobs it's, are just is such pressure and and as you say blood and and speed and um, accuracy, but. But yeah, most of your business, or a lot of your business, is not just that anymore. It's it's recognized now. I guess there was a time that only a certain person could lead this bunch of of in, of heroic individuals, but now it's different. I, I'm guessing it, it's a broader business.
0: Yeah, I mean it's much more of a like a, a, a full on corporate uh, corporate enterprise now. Mm. Um, but but going back to, I mean, my my background is actually a, a, a paramedic. I mm. qualified in 1994 um, through Natal Technikon. Um, I didn't spend much time actively as a paramedic, but I, you know, I, I I've been in the environment, and, and it, it has significantly. It's it, it it is a unique industry with how it's set up and, and structured and, 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 and the intricacies. So it has helped a lot. Um, but I also think that uh, being involved in in that type of work uh, on on the front line when you when you're exposed to a lot does it brings in a lot of this uh, these these points that we talked about earlier. Um, the compassion, the humility, because you're seeing it all the time, and I think that that has helped, and, and it helped me anyway. Being in, in, you know, from that as a background into being able to perform my 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 duties now as as CEO,
1: yeah, I and being ar- able
0: to lead a multidisciplinary team.
1: I'm wondering when when last you've been on the floor in one of those <laughs> ambulances.
0: <laughs> actually, re- recently. Actually, I still spend, yeah. uh, I still do spend time uh, from time to time. I put my flight suit on and we jump on. the... Uh, on the road with the crew. I, 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 I. I mean, I'm still registered as a paramedic. I, I leave it to the professionals now. Uh, they, <laughs> mm. they, they know a lot more than I do now. But I definitely, uh, really do enjoy spending time on the road, spending time with the, with the guys, and and uh, and actually just getting out there and just, you know, just, just experiencing it again. again.
2: Uh, ben, has the practice of uh, first aid evolved a great deal?
0: Now, it's evolved a, a great deal. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. From when I I qualified. Uh, it's it's completely different now. Um, number one, it's moved into a, a more formal university setting. Um, pre, you know, previously there was there was uh, short courses. Um, I was at uh, Technicon, uh, but it's now. I mean, to be to be a, fu- a fully qualified paramedic, it's, you're looking at a BTEC, um, you know, degree um, mm. through university.
2: Even
0: And obviously, the the clinical practices have have changed over time. But I think that's that's standard in medicine as. As new new uh, like medication becomes available, new procedures, new just new thinking on 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 healthcare, uh, it does uh, you know inherently change the the or actually improve um, the clinical practice the, the the guys are able to deliver. So it has definitely changed over time.
1: So you have been in this game, what most of your A career long
0: then? Time. And I'm
1: still sane. here. Yeah. And you're still sane. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're sane because you've you've, you've, you've <laughs> moved away from. <laughs> That crazy job that these people do! Oh my goodness! Uh, but uh, I was in Flying Squad uh, as part of my two-year military. I went to the police force for four years, and I ended up at Flying Squad. And that yes. that adrenaline of of a car chase in the middle of peak traffic, yes, where no, your life exactly, is threatened exactly. every moment, and the siren goes. And yeah. uh, I mean, I I know a bit of that. <laughs> yes, yes, <so> you know, <laughs> it is addictive. It is it is uh, very exciting. And when you go up a one way, it's not as great as in the movies or as easy, but but yeah, the, you know those guys go through those men and women go through all of that. Are you involved in the broader industry, and and how is it doing in South Africa, maybe more particularly?
0: Yeah, no, we, I mean I'm involved in in a variety of of committees. I mean we sit in uh, there's a national committee of EMS, uh, which is actually a, a government committee where we sit with the you know the directors of of EMS from the provincial services. So we're very involved in that, and that that's a a body that is is there to. To direct EMS within the country, um, obviously sit on on other various other forums. Um, Saisi. So there's, there's a lot we get involved in. So, so I'm definitely uh, very involved in the in the industry per se. Um, I think the, the the industry's it's it's doing fine. I mean I think I think from a from a from a from a government perspective, and I'm talking g- general in the industry is. It's again, it's it's this burden of disease. It's the pressure, uh, um, you know, the the load on services and the ability for you know for delivery. I mean, it, and it, this isn't a South African phenomenon. This is actually a global phenomenon in EMS. Is that uh, th- there's a an increasing need for emergency medical services. The issue is that it's a lot of it is not emergency. Um, uh, it, it's it's a global phenomenon now that um, mm. people use these as taxis and and a means to get to hospital. Um, and that's why you'll see in, in, I mean, if you do some some reading, some of the the stuff coming out of the states, I mean, people are, are 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 can't even wait for ambulances anymore because they're so overburdened. They're now calling Uber, for example, to get into the hospital. So it's it's they, they, those are some of the challenges: is this this increase in in, in demand? Um, and I think from just from the private sector perspective, it's obviously just, I mean, it's this, this the affordability of healthcare, the long term sustainability of how, how healthcare is structured. Um, and, and just those are some of the the you know the, the, the challenges that we face. Um, you know, as the, as a bigger industry.
1: So there's quite a few things that on on in that environment that we're not necessarily aware of. And and in, in South Africa more particularly, we also have the the big gap, you know, the the economic gap between the haves and the have nots and um, as you mentioned now Uber, very interesting. I mean they are so darn fast. I can imagine that they would mostly beat any ambulance right uh, yeah. <laughs> so that 's a scary the scary yeah. reality. maybe you must start i don 't know um, getting people with bigger vehicles and equipment to become ambulances like uber start an ambulance uber type service
0: um, yeah, we're we, 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 we starting to i mean we spend a lot of time gearing up for the future and, and looking at what that looks like, so we actually i have have had discussions um.
1: Crazy, with a couple of
0: partners on, on, on how, do you, how do you restructure this, this yeah. system that that allows access, uh, but that also guarantees the right resources get to the right type of patient and and at the moment it's it's it, you know EMS in the, in the country is not structured that way mm. um, you know you you're often sending quite expensive highly qualified resources um, to patients that don't really need that level of care and you might find the patient that really did need that uh, might not. Get it, and, and and these are just you know some of the the, the, yeah. the issues that, that we're grappling with as an, as an
1: industry. I, I like just to end off. Then I, I like the the, the word um, Uberize. You know, the question is, how do you Uberize your industry? You know, that's become a word almost out there. Or or Airbnb, but Uberize is easier than Airbnb Arise. So <laughs> I think people are using Uberize. It's Uberize your industry as we're trying to do with the leadership development industry. It's just not been good enough. It's just not current enough. It's not helping leaders change fast enough. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a big concern for us. So we're trying to Uberize it through, through electronic oh, app, that's, the world of app, yeah. um, you know, yes, and, and, yes. and, and the way that we approach situations, including this leadership masterclass that's on, available on technology. But I, I want you to, to end off with, and you didn't expect this, but a message as a CEO of an important business. What's your message to South Africa and to leaders out there or just general population?
0: I think we, you've got to be remain optimistic. We need to uh, cut through the, the noise. You know, Let's call it noise uh, of what we're seeing at the moment. I think we all need to step up to the plate. There's no... There 's no political solution there 's no one solution to where we are and where we need to head as a country. We all need to decide now that we want this uh, we 're going to make a difference and, uh, and, and really really focus on on, on doing that as, as individuals and not relying on on um, you know, like, like on, on government or, politi- or, or politicians to help us. actually we all have a, have an, we all have an important opportunity to play and and you know, if everyone just got together. Um, and, and it happens from time to time. I mean, I think that, that, that's for me. We've, we've, all got to, we've all got to want this, and we've all actually got to, got to you know, walk that walk.
1: We're on the same ship. Ben Johnson, ER24 CEO. Thank you so much for initially sharing with us your thoughts on authentic leadership. I think that was a wonderful discussion. And then telling us a little bit more about your industry in which you lead. We appreciate your time and uh, look forward to meeting you soon.
0: Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Cheers, Ben this is cleftcentral